No matter how high-tech, highfalutin, lazy, or foo-foo America gets, we will never stop hunting and fishing. This is The Hunting Quest. Hunting Quest. We take one hour of every week and talk about our favorite things in the world, hunting, hunting and fishing. And fishing. You'll get tips and help on the fishing environment locally in the DMV area. Plus, we're going to have fun along the way. This is The Hunting Quest. And now your host, Mike Tippett. All right. Take two, Mike. Take two, Mikey. Bennett. <laughs> oh, Mikey two takes. Here we go. Oh, we can't about. do this on the first day <clears throat> ever. Well, it's Ever. at this point, it's just not right to try to do it on the first take. <laughs> he, he is a retard. <laughs> <laughs> Special education, oh okay? Oh, Lord. <laughs> and he, he's got the shirt to prove it. <sighs> huh? That's uh-huh. a great shirt. It is. Yeah. It is. I wasn't talking That's about that. Mr. Was. Fox shirt in the house. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, it's Friday. Finally. I got a job. I got something to do. Um. <laughs> But we have Mossy Oak Royalty in the house. Mr. Kyle Ott. Mike Lies. I don't. Nice <laughs> to meet you. We'll do this again. Yeah, this is. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you mean? This is the first time we've ever done this. <laughs> this is the second time. <laughs> Kyle, we're, we're going, there are no roads. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, so uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, it's absolutely. awesome. Um, we've talked a little bit, and you are a turkey killing machine. And have you s- you've done your U.S. Slam, right? I have not done the U.S. Slam yet. I'm H. But you you've got a U.S. or you've got, got I have Grand Slams. Grand Slams. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. Right. But I'm H. I on my four anyway. Ah, uh, eight shot. <laughs> we'll see. What you got left? Uh, Louisiana, yeah. Arkansas, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, uh, West Virginia, Connecticut, and Jersey. All right. So Arizona, try to hit a Gould. No, it's too <laughs> tough. Too many <laughs> no, it's a really tough tag to pull here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, if you want to throw some really big coin at it, you can. Uh, you can. Uh, they may offer like a governor's tag or something. I think the NWTF has allocated yep. a tag or two that they can raffle off that it ends up going for big money. Um, and I, you could probably shoot a super slam uh, and you know pay for your gas for a super slam with some of the prices that some of these guys are paying for hunts. So I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with a. Uh, uh, Southwest High Desert Mountain Mariams for my, my still Arizona a hell of a hunt. <laughs> that is a hell of a hunt. But glad to be here, and certainly glad to be talking turkeys and uh, wherever else uh, this goes. There's some characters at the table this evening, <laughs> and uh, sitting over here. I feel like the conversation could be tangential. Just so you know, I don't think I'd say probably 80 percent of our our listeners don't know what tangential tangential means we're gonna go a lot of places <laughs> <laughs> whether but it's consensual or not <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> but uh we also so uh and also we're we're super glad that uh we were in the presence of of another set of you know bow hunting bow fishing bow fishing and northern virginia and dc area duck hunting oh royalty yeah. the oh one yeah. the only Brother man, state. Ch- how many times have you been state champion for uh, the duck and the goose call, Travis? Uh, won a bunch of youth goose calling tournaments with ducks unlimited chapters and duck calling tournaments. That was when I was a kid. But 2018 state Virginia state duck calling champion. There you go. Uh, uh, uh. Yep. Wow. How cool was that, man? 
was was really cool. The uh, what I now the 2019 winner was my protege Dylan Nestor. No kidding. So that was even better. Passing right. it on. That's All cool. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's the legacy right there. Uh, uh, Good deal. How the how the World's Go for you that year? Oh man, let me tell you. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. Squeaked you know I love out, you. I had to. Squeaked out on the first note on the second cut. And <laughs> so, yeah, it was a really good experience. It was an out-of-body experience. <laughs> ben, yeah. Did you want to be guiding this? this <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> there's this old adage, you don't <laughs> shit you eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After this last season, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I heard there's an opening at Wild Valley. <laughs> 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 we have that somewhere, but um, no. Nah, but um, Travis, glad to, glad that you're becoming more of a uh, a regular on the on the on the cast, man. Absolutely. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you, Travis. Thank you so much. Um, so what's everybody drinking? Benny, what you got over there? What are we drinking? Uh, the Widow Jane Ten Year. All right, all right. And Kyle's drinking the same. You drinking? Yeah, you drinking? I've been working on it. Yeah, good. It's deal, good. Good deal. And doing it for James Hancock with the uh, banquet beer. Yeah. 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 Uh, little course light over there. Yeah, <coughs> in the in the bottles only though. Yep. In the bodies only. Keep it classy. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I got some Blantons going on. So uh, very classy. Yeah. Then we got uh, Angels Envy and I don't think Angel it gets Angels. any classier than Mikey Tippin's drink right there because he's got marble ice cube rocks in there. Keeping he does. Drink cold. I do. And you yep. want to know the epitome of of uh, of this? I have my name on my thing. I oh, saw that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fancy, but yeah, for anybody that's listening right now, if Mikey um, extends the invite to you, he's got a lot of really good bourbon on the table when you walk in. We try. Mrs. shows up with pizzas. Yep, yep, um, yep. we do all right. <laughs> Travis shows up. <laughs> yep. Here we go. It's and then uh, we got we got foo foo drinks in the fridge too. So. Very bougie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. But this is Northern <laughs> Virginia, so Ooh. Uh, break my heart. <laughs> um, um, nah, it's so. Um, you want me to give me an introduction? Yeah. Okay. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, hey, guys. My name is Kyle Ott. I grew up in northern Virginia. Um, I don't know. I've done a lot of turkey hunting, a lot of deer hunting, a lot of goose hunting, uh, shot some elk. I, I guess I started traveling to hunt when I was 16 was my first trip to Utah to elk hunt. Um, I think That's I shot a my hell of a resume that you got. I shot my first <laughs> turkey in 96 or 97 at like 11 or 12 and then shot my first out-of-state turkey in Maryland in 03 and then started um, really started traveling uh, pretty extensively to hunt public and private land um, around and I and I didn't really I wasn't really going to states with any particular purpose other than just to travel to experience new yep. places and experience new people for sure and what i found myself doing was just kind of uh, outside of virginia I, l I love virginia hunting um it's my favorite place to to hunt you know everybody has that opinion about home but um i found myself going back to the places that i really liked a lot and yep. so i wasn't like on this quote unquote you know formally declared U.S. Super Slam thing yep. until 17, even though I'd shot turkeys in, in a few, in, a f in more than a handful. but Well on your way, right? Uh, I think I went into it with like six states or something like that. <laughs> but like I said, I was just going back to places that I like to, to spend time with people that I like. And there you go. Honestly, when it's all said and done for me, which hopefully is either this year uh, or worst case next year, 
Um, I really just look forward to it going back to that. Guiding, you know, handicap hunts, uh, the St. Jude's hunt and stuff down in Tennessee. It was kind of how Wounded Warrior stuff um, kind of used to start the season with um, – with just different purpose. And uh, so anyhow, I've been really fortunate to, to turkey hunt a lot, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, and um, really focused uh, outside of sports as a kid. Uh, hunting, I learned a lot by being in the woods a lot. I was one of those kids that Saturday afternoon, if I had my license, I wanted to go walk around the woods. And, you know, yep. back then we were printing off my Topo USA maps. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get to uh, age yourself. Air, yeah, you know, printing <laughs> off my aerial, aerial maps and stuff from my topo and trying to learn the ropes that way. But I, I just spent a lot of time in the woods, whether it was for deer, um, a lot of time in the woods for turkeys, screwing up so much, man. Like, yep. I if, if you were hunting next to me when I was <laughs> like mm, 12, 13, 14 years old, because I didn't, my, my dad didn't really turkey, didn't right. turkey hunt. So I, you know, we literally learned to turkey hunt on our own. My dad facilitated opportunities for us and uh, I'm eternally grateful for that, but he had no idea what in the hell was going on. Right. Uh, and so as opportunities kind of became more available, he would drive me down to one of the public lands about two and a half hours from here and we had no freaking idea. <laughs> and then, you know, as we got some private land and we still had no idea. And so I apologize to anyone that was hunting next <laughs> to you. <laughs> property, uh, but I was hunting in yep. Northern Virginia uh 20 yeah. years ago because i <laughs> i have those people that i probably cuss out to this day of that are next to me yep. and uh, i was getting my reps in <laughs> and uh, That's it. it was we were scaring the hell out of a lot of things and doing really <laughs> dumb stuff uh, so it uh oh. you know kind of success was was really hard to come by when you're when you're learning learning it like that so anyhow long and the short of it is grew up in northern virginia hunted northern virginia extensively uh, have hunted all over the state of Virginia extensively. Hunted my and backyard. Then, yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> crazy, crazy to be here. And Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, and then I've been fortunate to uh, hunt pretty extensively around the U.S. Uh, for turkeys, a little bit for uh, for geese, and, uh, and for elk as well. I just really like to hunt. So yeah. my life has just kind of really been uh, oriented towards it, and I think that, you know, when I hear people say, like, I love to hunt or, you know, every, every decision is influenced – by hunting yep uh like i was just kind of one of those kids that college jobs what job opportunities i take now yep. um hunting has always been uh, a primary what, uh, what girl you date what yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah i mean like the 21st i got i remember my 21st birthday my buddies were like we're gonna get out and get loaded up tonight and i was like you have you can get as many drinks in me as in my body can process by i went to school down in fredericksburg and uh I had some turkey, really good turkey hunting ground uh, that was public <laughs> and private on the southern eastern shore. Uh, oh, Lord. Down around Salisbury, Maryland. Ooh. And so we went out at like There's 6 o'clock. some good long beers down there. And, yeah, the hunting was the hunting was really good back then. <laughs> Nobody was doing it. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> a whole other story like we'll 2000, get to. 2004, I, I had something around there. And uh, I was like, man, I, I'm out of here. And that was four hours from Fredericksburg. But I was like, I'm out of here at 1.00. I'm hunting, and I had class at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So I was going to hunt for essentially three and a half hours, and I loved hunting down there there yep. uh, at that at that time. And um, so, yeah, it's just kind of always been, you know, that, that deal, like the weddings during hunting. Yep. No, Don't, sorry, please. No, sorry, I can't do it. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. that's, that's – uh, I got a tag for this, and I'm not going to be there. Yeah. Appreciate the offer, yeah. though. <laughs> so there's just a little bit of a brief introduction uh, about me. Uh, so Kyle <coughs> – I've known 
since 2015, 2016. I was going to get to that. Yeah. And it, you know the saying, you get out as much as you put into it? For sure. He is the measuring stick of that. That's awesome. There is not many people, not many hunters that I know of or met that can rival this man right here with pre-hunt, during the hunt, the just, I mean, I want to say intelligence with the hunt. Sure. I, I mean, it's just one of those things, whether it's goose hunting, I've shared stories with him and seen him do things that other people would curl an eye at or turn an eye at and be lazy with it, right? Sure. And with Can't turkey hunting, hunting, you know, I mean, you know, doing the 49. Who digs know. out layout blinds? Saskatchewan. <laughs> 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 Who takes a freaking hay bale into the field and throws it all along this feed? to know that they're going to be used to what they see and then go back and have it brushed in with layout blinds and absolutely mashed um, with the That's turkey sick. hunting. That is sick, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you. That is freaking the sick. Work. I mean, crawling in a ghillie suit down through the ditch <laughs> to be able to get eyes on a feed or whatnot. And then the turkey hunting stuff with this 49 turkeys in 49 states or whatever, turkey estate, um, the U.S. slam. I've heard so many people that do it private and they pay a guy to put a bird on their lap. And this man right here does it publicly on public hunting. Most of the time. For the most part. Most for of the time, most part, you know, sleeping in his truck. Oh, and yeah. And getting in and then hitting up another state that evening, yep. sleeping overnight, getting on a bird. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, Dude, I, mean, I you, learn a you, lot. You put that kind of work into your stuff, though, Travis. And you I did. Mean, like, here's the bottom line, and, my, and I was I was in a truck with my buddy. My son and I were down in Alabama hunting for the youth weekend last weekend. It's and like he, he tagged, right? He did shoot. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um, he killed a good long beard uh, Sunday afternoon. Great hunt. Roll Tide. Um, for sure. <laughs> but it's like, to, I, I don't know. I just kind of always, you know, the weird thing about hunting to me is that uh, in contrast to work and in, uh, and in just you know, normal responsibilities, you have people, or I do, have people say things like, hey, you got to do this, or hey, I need you to work on this project at work. And there's always that part in the back of my mind that's like, uh, like I, this is gonna <laughs> suck. Yep. But I have like, you're the same way with ducks. I mean, God, we're just talking about like you guys are walking 800 yards across across <laughs> like <laughs> muck to get to some blind down there in the marsh. And that's Mikey's, a true shout out yeah. to Zane there. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, you guys fishing do without us, stuff, by the way. My my point being is that like I and and I I'm fortunate to know some some guys uh, that are like this, just like you guys are talking about uh, just a few minutes ago before the podcast started. There has never been anything that was just too formidable. Like, I've never heard a turkey gobble that if he was on that piece of public, that he was too far away. Right. I've never seen a turkey that I could spot in my binoculars that he was too far away. <laughs> I've never, like, uh, and so, it, you know, with, with that, like, I don't know why that's the way that, that it's always been for me. But, like, I I didn't come from having a lot of opportunities, abundant opportunities no. in hunting. And so what it really became was, number one, like trying to figure out how to be good enough to have opportunities. Like that was that was a big part of it. You know, like you learn to hunt the wind for whitetails and yep. entrance and exit routes for big deer and turkeys, like how to communicate effectively, you know, waterfowl. It's, you're an artist. Like you're having, yep. you're communicating. You understand these animals like so thoroughly that you really figure out how to effectively exploit them. But to me, once you started to figure that kind of stuff out, get enough experience, observe them enough, spend enough time yep. in the timber uh, with them, like, it just became like, man, this could be the hunt of a lifetime. 
every hunt could be the hunt it is. Of, of a freaking lifetime. Oh, yeah. Um, like, or it could be the biggest suffering but, event you've but ever you, been a part of. <laughs> and sometimes you know that it is, there's going to be an exorbitant amount of suffering yep. in order to, to, po- to possibly have that result. Yep. And it, it never, it's just never mattered. Like, yeah. I'll hear people be like, yeah, I got a turkey gobble got that gobbled last night. I got him roosted. And it's like, what time are you getting up? And they're like, ah, I'm getting up at 530. I'm like. Bro, I've been sitting under him for an hour and 20 yeah. minutes yeah. at that point. Like, yeah. My alarm's going off yeah. at 2.30 yep. so that I can be in there within 50 yards of him, you know. If, Before if, he if, ever sees yeah, my ass. Like, yeah. or, or when it comes, you know, whitetails, like, walk th- a mile out of the way to go to a spot that you could have just walked 300 yards from yep. the truck to, to access with the ducks and geese, like, hey, we know they're going to be in this field at some point in this late season. Like, let's yeah. take the bales out there, break the bales, fluff the bales, let them get used to looking at them as they're flying over. And then when they get in there, once they're finally in there on that X, like, instead of going and hunting that field 12 times and yeah, putting a rig out go. and hoping to shoot some and hoping to shoot um, mm. some traffic geese, wait till you got 800 in there, and then you roll hard yeah. and you crush. Yeah. Like you smash, then and you get stacks. And a- absolutely, you know, like you know that you're going to go in there on a five gun limit. You're yep. going to take your your six guys in there, and it's not a question of no. is it happening. It's yeah. a question of like how fast, how fast are we going to get the thirty, and can we get out of yep. there in time to to leave that so that they get back in quickly. You know. Oh yeah. So like, I, and you know, you're the same way. But like, I just have that. That's the one thing that's always stood out to me is just like. The process has never been discouraging. No. The process has, no matter how hard the effort, whether you're in there with a chainsaw cutting the way back into a bedding area on the backside in the summer and it's 100 oh freaking yeah. degrees. Ticks or, everywhere. Yeah. Just like whatever it is, I, I, I don't know why, but, like, that has just never discouraged me in any way, shape, or form. And so, and in contrast to so many other examples in my life, like <laughs> the honeydew. Like, oh, honey, I need a shelter. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Uh, yep. So God. mow the lawn. No. No. God. no. no. But it, here's here's what I'll say. Uh, you know, with uh, it's fair to say all four of us at this table, and and a lot of people that that we consider close friends. Um, we are not cut from the same cloth that most people are. Yeah. Um, that's and that's cool. Opinion. I love it. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. But, you know, like I, I, I was talking to a guy at work today or yesterday. We were kind of shooting the crap, and, and he's like, uh, I went in and I had Mossy Oak Cat on. And it's a professional environment, right? Oh, yeah. Mossy Oak Cat. And then he goes, uh, he goes uh, you're a hunter? I was like, yeah. He goes, uh, what do you hunt? much anything (laughs) and uh i said but uh turkey season's right around the corner so that's my next uh my next venture and he goes oh it's not hard to kill a turkey cool yeah i'm like have you ever hunted a turkey (laughs) no how hard can it be man i mean just you know they're in my back stick that little fan in front of your face and (laughs) crawl out in that field (laughs) 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 i saw it on the outdoor show last night there were five gobblers in the field and we stuck the fan in front of her face and they came running Uh uh-huh what are the the odds (laughs) that that guy that was on the tv called him thunder chicken (laughs) (laughs) but you know and it's 
But I, you know, and, and I sorry. run into that a lot. Sorry, you know, I got a couple drinks in. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be sorry about it at all. But uh, it, it goes back to, you know, it, it's the cloth that we're cut from, right? Yeah. And and what gets, you know, like I know Travis doesn't, what do you call them, timber goats? Oh, them timber goats. Yeah, he's uh, not a timber goat guy. He's uh, not, but his old man. But his old man is. Oh, John over there. Old sport. Uh, yeah, old sport gets <laughs> after it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to, we're muley hunting together, him and I are this year. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm stoked about that. But awesome. You know, like, Travis is not a timber goat guy, right? Oh. But Jesus, man. That's cool. Ask him how to shoot a freaking duck. Yeah, and he's on it. You know, well, this duck's going to come in, and you, you're going to see him fly in, and he's going to probably – he'll do, like, th- like these pintails are going to pass by, like, six times. You get him on the seventh time, and, like – The Greg Army's going to shoot 40 times at him. <laughs> <laughs> and miss every time. And he's going <laughs> to keep on flying south. <laughs> but um, – no, I, I think that's the cool thing that kind of draws us together. And, yeah. and, like, you had asked me why I started this. You know, and yeah. that's exactly why. There's, right. there's a ton of people here, like, in Northern Virginia. They want to hunt. Yep. They have <coughs> no idea how to do it. And, Absolutely. Uh, and this is the opportunity. You know, this, that's what this was built for. Same thing with Travis. You know, he's got the bow fishing. He's got duck hunting. And then, and then you got Benny, right? And I don't there's a lot of things that I can say bad about Benny. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Here we go. Benny's great at hitting the record button. Right. So yes. um, Benny's also a contractor for camera outdoor cameraman guys yes. as well. There's a reason for it. Yes. <laughs> um, Ask him how good he hits that record button. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, short of the fact that he's got one of the coolest shirts on the planet on right now with the Mr. Fox shirt. Benny does have a Mr. Fox shirt on, so... Mike is just still jealous that he doesn't have his vest yet. So, um, if he misses a record button, like he misses, never mind. (laughs) 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 Yeah, never mind. But he's got a Mister Fox. He's got a Mister. You know, you say that it's funny. Last year, I went out first every year. I turkey hunted Maryland. I had a bird come in at like forty-five yards and just way off of where I thought he was going to come. Had to roll around the tree and popped him. Did you kill him? Oh yeah, hammered him. Nicely done. And uh, I looked down. I got the GoPro mounted underneath my barrel. It ain't recording. <laughs> I was like, God, <laughs> so damn it. it. Ben, why did, why did Benny's why did very disappointing <laughs> when it comes with buttons. <laughs> He's a Do you have a girlfriend, boy. Benny? <laughs> <laughs> she was supposed to be here. Uh, we got to keep this PG. Yeah, we do. <laughs> now, um... He can push a button. I don't know about pushing a button. (laughs) Not good at pushing. (laughs) The mythical button. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. um, But, you know, kind of going back to that is, you know, there's there's very few things on this planet that I can look at and say this is the greatest thing that I've ever done in my life. And (coughs) hunting's it. I mean, whether it's because you can provide for yourself, you can provide for a family, you know, whatever it is, or you can go out and just get peace of mind. That's mm-hmm. my mental health break. You for know, sure. Get out in the woods and just say, I I don't know, my phone wasn't working. And yeah, I, I missed that call. I didn't read that email. I'm not on social media, whatever it is. Yeah. Greatest thing on the planet. But, I agree. Um, but kind of aside from that, I mean, look, man, I mean, you, you're, you're a turkey aficionado. You, you know, I, I actually got emails when I was telling people you were coming on. So I, I got a couple questions. Uh-oh. I I've kept them. I kept them <laughs> from from you today because I didn't. I wanted to kind of surprise you with them. All right. The number one question we got for you was, how did you get to pro staff? What's oh the, what What is the path to get to pro staff? Oh man. And I know you get that a lot, but yeah. So um, I, 
when it comes to Mossiok Pro Staff, so that it's a very eclectic group of people that represent Mossy Oak. Sure. Uh, but uh, it's hard it's hard not to sound like a fanboy when when I kind of go into the Mossy Oak thing. But for me, uh, it was pretty much always Mossy Oak. Like okay. if you if you look at a picture of me when when I'm 15 years old, when I'm 16, 17, 18, 20, I'm 37 right now, right? But it was oh, you're it, it was always Mossy Oak. And what I always appreciated about Mossy Oak was was their reverence. You know, we we were just I was just joking about the fan thing and the thunder chicken and it's like you don't hear those guys talk like that and they, you know, Mr. Fox is I think ninety three years old and like legacy, he awesome. legend, and, and and you don't you know you see you, the way that they hunt the the re- the respect for traditional yeah. um, traditional values in uh, and and hunting culture, uh, and then also just how much Mossy Oak gives back to the hunting community in terms yes. of being a gamekeeper, talking to people about how to do burns, set p- set properties up for burns uh, yep. for habitat enhancement. Um, I am not aware of another another company that is doing as much community outreach to enhance habitat for sportsmen um, as Mossy Oak is. Quite quite honestly, yeah. there's a lot. The, the our the competitors are are good competitors. They make good camouflage and whatnot. But when it comes down to the ethos of the company uh, and where they put their money and a lot of their resources, you can go onto you know onto a YouTube channel with gamekeepers and you can learn how to burn. You can yep. learn how to put a fire break in. You can they can talk about biodiversity and plant diversity. Uh, lots of information related to food plots, uh, sure. soil maintenance, and whatnot. Mr. It is Dixon, it you is know, was a large part of that. Abs- absolutely. And so, anyhow, so Mossy Oak was just kind of a, a part of like a brand that I identified with as as a kid and as a hunter growing up, and so I wore it. And then uh, I I've guided extensively. And so being in camps, big camps and whatnot, you know, people would always come in and be like, our, I was always in Mossy Oak head to toe, bottom land. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're not wearing bottom land in the spring, like, wow, well, oh, okay. <laughs> you're not a real help. Okay, I'll leave now for that. But, one. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, bottom land and obsession and whatnot. So anyhow, I'd always be head to toe in, and I regularly had people be like, "Are you on staff with Mossy Oak?" Oh. I was like, "No, no, no I'm not. I just wear Mossy Oak because I hunt extensively, and you know, when it looked when it when it came to me traveling." Bottomland was really versatile, whether it was in hardwoods, you know, because bottomland, when it goes, when it, you're in the shade, it goes, it has those darker tones yep. to it. But when you look at hardwoods, poplars and oaks, when they get sun on them, they turn white. white. And so bottomland really had that versatility. And that obsession was fantastic once the foliage started to mature in the spring. And so I just always wore, not? and I have lots of other mossy oak patterns as well. But <clears throat> anyhow, I was just always had to toe in it. And, um, I ta- I met was introduced to one of the regional pro staff guys for for Mossy Oak, and we got to talking and just about hunting experiences and places that I've been and places that he's been and we knew a few of the same people and um, I, I I have been fortunate to hunt a lot of places and uh, yep. and, and kind of have been fortunate to experience some success in sure. those places as well and um, he he asked me he was like are you on are you on staff. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. And he was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ma- I'm gonna make some phone calls. And um, so that was, <clears throat> that was really how that worked out. Um, and it's just kind of, you know. So, and, and in terms of the pro staff, it's like, you know, 
the job of the pro staff is to represent Mossy Oak camouflage uh, and conservation in a positive capacity. Sure. Uh, and the brands that Mossy Oak, affiliate, Mossy Oak affiliates with are their licenses. And so what you see with the pro staff, and that's ha- actually how Travis and I met. Yeah, I heard. I was, I was working the calling contest down in Richmond um, that he was calling in. Was that what, Green Top? Yeah, that was down in Bass Pro Shops. It was at Bass Pro Shops, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like Atlas. Ashland. Yeah, yeah Ashland. Yeah. So the we'll job be of tomorrow. The yeah. job of the pro staff, so I think a lot of times people hear pro staff and they think of guys that are just absolute killers. Like that's that, that uh, that's yeah. kind of I think that's a bad bad rep, but I agree. Uh I yeah, agree. like they and really it's it's not about that for Mossy Oak. It's about how, how what what is your give back? What what can you do to give back not only to conservation and to hunting? But just represent the brand, um, and, and it's. Uh, I so don't want to cut you. No, no, I I think that that is. You 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 hit a, a a bell there with me. Is there are companies out there that will put you on pro staff because you killed a you know four hundred eighty inch elk right. on the high fence hunt and you paid for whatever, and and it it is about the just you know killing whatever you know if it's brown it's down and we can take a picture with it. Yep. Um, and I look. I'm not on pro staff. I, I'm not a Mossy Oak pro staff person. I, you know, it, it's not my world. It doesn't make me better than you, or at, but at the end of the, at, at all. But here's what I'll say, and, and the reason why I make that point is that I'm not on Mossy Oak staff, or pro staff. Is that you? I I have no affiliation with them, but I have seen the good that Mossy Oak pro staff does. Yeah. And if you walk into you know NWTF, and you look at the people down there. And the sponsorship and everything yep. that they did for the fiftieth um, for NWTF, absolutely, it's a game changer, and it's every year that way. I yep. mean, you talk about professionalism, you talk about what somebody brings to the table. It's not whether or not you buy or sell my camouflage or you license it or whatever it is. To them, it's a way of life. Absolutely. So you know, again, I I'm not paid to say that. I appreciate I, that. I appreciate that. And I know they do highest quality for I, sure. I knew they do too a so lot. But that's that's the goal, right? Like that's yeah. that's the goal is to is to just ultimately kind of be better stewards, more responsible about kind of what we're doing, how we're doing it, and do it in a way that certainly leaves things better than we left them. Absolutely. Um, but the commonality on the pro staff that I will say is, you know, there's there's some guys that travel all over the place and they they are absolutely <laughs> black death. Yeah. They, they are the plague to whatever they're hunting. For sure. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Highly effective. Yeah. Highly effective guys. There are also uh, an abundance of people who hunt locally yeah uh they enjoy hunting a lot they're just fantastic uh ambassadors and representatives of the hunting community yeah they are about that community give back and that community outreach um and so you know they just kind of at their discretion um make that decision in terms of is a person a suitable fit or or aren't they but uh i would no two people are really identical when it when it comes to the staff um, well, that's the uniqueness so, with it, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, and so you know, I, you you have people that um, that have a lot of media exposure. The cool thing about uh, the pro staff is, I would say, in terms of outreach, is you have a lot of social media exposure with certain figures who are heavily involved with with Mossy Oak, for right? sure. Um, like my brother's brand, Chasing Forty Nine. Um, Great brand, strategic corporate partner. They were a, a lot of alliances there. They work very hard, very well together. And so you have well guys like. Give, so tell people, uh, 
most people in this industry know who you know that what Hunt Forty Nine is, but okay, kind of give the plug in there. Yeah, uh, so just to plug my brother, um, <laughs> and, and just his, uh, I mean, look, my my brother is absolutely one hundred percent one of the best turkey hunters in the United States. Uh, did it uh, the fastest, I believe, the fastest that it was done. He was the youngest to do it for a little while, and that's changing year to year, but. Uh, he's really, he and, um, the guys over there have gone out of their way to, uh, tell the story of the super slam in a very tasteful way, in a way that is not, um, that does not focus on the kill. Obviously to, to punch a state, you got to kill one, right? But you're not going to see a lot of graphic, graphic stuff. It's, uh, the, the hunt in terms of the amount of time that the turkey spends on film is very, very limited in contrast to, uh, the way that they narrate and showcase yeah. uh, the process and, and they the do a phenomenal job. Um, so uh, no, they. My brother Keith Odd owns Chasing Forty Nine. Um, I really try to stay away from the big media stuff, uh, just because I have my some of my own personal opinions in terms of the impact that uh, we talked about that that large media is having on uh, wild turkeys and p- especially public turkey hunting. But I will say that they um, they they tell a very good tale about they use the hunters they use a lot of discretion in terms of who they choose to um, uh, who they choose to document along the way on their slams um, they use a lot of discretion with the individuals that they film as a vehicle for showcasing the process of the slam I love it uh, and the experience um, well, and and people that's so. that's the thing is you know. Travis, we were talking about just a minute ago, well, a little while ago, is like um, you're sleeping in the back of your truck. Yeah. You know, oh I, yeah. I, I got a new camper, you know, on the back of my truck now. It's a blow-up camper from Flated. Yep. Um, coolest thing on the planet. And they've got a bed that you can put in there. But all of that stuff is, that stuff is, is this, I call it the suck. That's what you're going through at yeah. the time to get that turkey. And, and you know, the you're eating freaking, you know, I'm a, I'm a Star Crunch guy. PBJs. Right? Yeah, and PBJs, and Star Crunch, and and you know, wish sandwiches, you know. I got, I got two pieces jerky. of bread. You got to be careful with beef jerky. I'll tell you, boys, my legs swelled up uh, oh like I was Jesus. dead um, with from sodium uh, oh on my a trip. God. Yeah, my, my calves were the size of my freaking quads uh, last year. They thought I had, um, they thought I had blood clots. Oh, Jesus. I called my doctor, and my doctor was like, hey, bro. You got to get off the highway and you got to go to the hospital, hospital, the closest one to you, not the hospital at home oh. that's like 16 hours away. <laughs> Whatever hospital, wherever in the hell you're at, go there now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm supposed to be at work the next day and I'm calling my boss. And I'm like, hey, my legs are like, I, I couldn't put my boots on. I've been hunting for four days. We yeah. were on, it was a great hunt. It was a great hunt. Totally worth it. I got swollen legs. Progressively, yeah. Progressively, as my boots fit, I didn't just pay attention to how tight the damn things had gotten until I finally was turning the truck north to head home. And I was like, "Shit, look at this!" (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Sure, that's not supposed to be that way. Yeah, like I felt like I was joining the Crumps, like the white version. Oh, dear God. <laughs> it is crazy, man. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, just kind of to get back to that, you know, they have partners that really capture a large percentage of uh, the hunting and the turkey community that um, give them a lot of great exposure. 
but then they also have a lot of guys that are just right there gritty at the ground level doing, you know, working the events like the local duck calling events and the Cabela's events, sure. helping them do demos. And so they really, with the in terms of the pro staff, just to kind of conclude that conversation about roles and responsibilities and how they just have these guys that are willing to do different things, um, whether it's at the local level, the state level, uh, or on the national media platform uh, that showcase hunting in, in a tasteful way and uh, that represent them. And so, in, like I said, in terms of the staff, it really doesn't matter whether you're a guy that's going to get, whose Instagram is going to get 500,000 views this month or a guy that only has like 500 followers. That The cool thing about the staff is they have all of those guys yep. uh, on the staff and the commonality is just the willingness to uh, support conservation and support hunting in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So. Dude, that's it's phenomenal, you know, and uh, uh, it well put, you know. I, I think, it. you know, I think that, um, you know, that that's uh, that area in itself. We get asked that a lot. I get asked that a lot. Well, you hunt a lot, yeah. Well, how do I do a podcast? Well, that's a different story. Yeah. Well, how do I get to pro staff? Well, that's a different story too. You know, if you're that shouldn't be your goal. Exactly. Let me let me. Can I just say this? Like, I'll, I'll, well, not well, your goal. No, that's the blueprint. How Kyle did it right. is, you know, and this goes out to a lot of the young listeners that want to be a part of a pro staff. The way you become a part of a pro staff is not by trying to become a part of a pro right. Staff. You go out there, you live it, you do it, you network, you're, and you know, like do it I because feel you like love you're it. out there to hunt. Yeah, and then it just came along. It with did. It. Yeah. There you go. Well, <laughs> and I tell people yeah. this uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Take Benny, right? Um, and and I'll go back to this. I've already said it once, but I'll say it again. You know, Benny and I were at at, uh, at Great American Outdoor, right? And we're we're going down there, and we really, I mean, we're trying to figure out how to do interviews, and we're trying to figure out how to do all this stuff, and you know, in person, all this stuff. And and we're headed home, and you know, and, and I asked Benny, I said, "Where where are you going to go with this?" You know, he goes, "You know, what are you doing?" I have, you know, all this stuff, and and him and I kind of knew each other, but not really well, and and profoundly this was the moment that i said me and bennett are this I, I will do anything in my power to ensure that that young man is successful we were t we were driving home and and largely impacted by travis i mean a hundred percent by travis but you know we're talking about it and said you know he goes look mike he goes he goes i'm doing the job that i absolutely love as a guide right yep. and for those of you who don't know about being a guide i've talked about this before but jesus that job sucks you have to love it yeah. beyond anything you could possibly imagine. And, you know, he goes, I'm doing a job that I love, you know, and, and I'll never be at that level because I can't buy my way in. Yeah. And it was a profound statement. He goes, but I can work harder than anybody else. And I looked at that and I'm like, that kid's got it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got it. Um, and I'm glad I'm associated with it. I'm glad he's part of our podcast. But that's, that's you know, how we talked about it. The cut from the same cloth, that's it. You know, and, and he's got the mentor sitting right next to him, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and But it's people <laughs> gonna like cry that. Again? That really <laughs> resonates with me. Needs more catchphrases. That resonates <laughs> with me so much because, you know, I, 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 I was never going to buy my way. Hell no. Right. So quite honestly, the way that, the way that I, I don't know that I've ever said this before, but uh, the way that I looked at it was like I loved it, but I knew there were there were a lot of other people that loved it. Yeah. There are a ton of people that that love it. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to turkeys, when it comes to deer, I wanted to learn it 
so that I could have success. Like I was watching Drury's and watching HS Strut, <laughs> and and there were big bucks around here, buddy. But like nobody was killing them that consistently for for the most. There were some there were some guys that that definitely were, but by and large, like you know the it was there was a lot of mediocrity in terms of in terms of and, and I don't say mediocrity to be condescending to other people about what they wanted to kill, but it was like I knew that there were better deer here and I wanted to figure out how to be able to kill those deer. And right. I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be shooting ninety inch deer. Right. I did it for a long time, but like to me I just and, and all of you guys more like to it. there's a measuring stick and you, you uh, try to ascend to become better. But what I what what I can say is is that a, as becoming in becoming better, you become an asset to someone who doesn't have those skills. There you go. And so, like guiding for me really became a way to showcase talents and facilitate access to uh, higher quality properties yeah. and higher quality experiences. Um, and I, I wanted to become better. Like when it was, when it was goose hunting, it was like, well, a lot of people didn't have a spread. So it was like, let's, let's save up and build a good spread while we're becoming more experienced so that if somebody's thinking go. to themselves, Hey, I've got birds, but I don't have enough decoys. Who am I going to call? I wanted to, my brother and I wanted to be that call. There you go. Oh, you guys have got 12 dozen full bodies and, and six and six layouts. Yeah. Uh, or, hey, you've got panels made up. And, like, I wanted to Genius. be the call where someone was like, shit, I don't know how we're going to do that, but <laughs> I'm going to call those guys. Yep. We, we and Past history is not, you know, indicative of future results, right? And, and <laughs> so, like, no, it, I agree. it really became, like, I, I can, I, I won't get into a lot of specifics here, but what I can tell you is that hunting has taken me places and I have met people and had opportunities facilitated for me that if I hadn't uh, if I hadn't pursued this in the way that I have to the extent and the degree that I have with the tenacity and this goes for my brother as well um, that that would have never happened like you know Travis is an exceptional waterfowl uh, yes. waterfowl caller he gets calls to go and do things that other people just aren't because he can do exceptional things with a waterfowl call. Uh, my my good buddy Chris, he used to blow for zinc calls. He's world-class on a goose call. Sure. And not just on the call, but on the art. Same deal of, yep. of watching wing beats and actually manipulating like somebody go. who's good with a turkey yeah. call. And so it's like when when you work really, really hard, that craft, if, if you do it in the right way, I think there are a lot of people that you become an asset to because they want, they want success. Yep. And if you have that resume – that resume and that experience where you can problem solve, you may not have been able to, s you've never experienced that, that same scenario before, but you have enough experiential uh, experience in your, in your reservoir there or in your, uh, in your database Rolodex that you can access yep. and, and make something happen for someone. For sure. Then that is whether it's guiding commercially, whether it's guiding for landowners that want to go hunting, that y you can be the go-to call there were just so many different ways and doors that I saw open through that. For and, sure. And the goal was was never pro staff. It was just to achieve more in the outdoors, um, be more successful, try to figure out how to be cons successful more consistently, and just become continue to become more skillful. And that's the other thing I think is so awesome about hunting is, like, Travis might not like timber goats, right? Right, <laughs> yeah, it's not his world. But I'll guarantee you, and, but, I'll, and, but I'll guarantee you, the cool thing is, is, is like, 
if you have an analytical mind, yep. you start to understand that critters have defense mechanisms and fundamental needs, and they have they they exploit habitat to use it to survive. And when you have an analytical mind, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter what the quarry is, elk, uh, moose, turkeys, white-tailed deer, cows, deer. It, I, I don't care. There is something that is always going to be intriguing. If Travis wanted to become a deer hunter, he would become very it good at insane. it. He would be good at it because he because he would he is analytical and he would figure out how to be challenged and how but how to exploit exploit those animals in a way yep. that that would allow him to be successful. And Benny's Benny's well on his way too. You know, so and I think I'm trying. Know, um, <laughs> and well, and, and did you youngin? You're a youngin. I think I'm the oldest one at this table, yeah. and, and you're a youngin. So well, and that's what I love if about it. We're her. aging by gray and beard. We're aging <laughs> by beard here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's got it. I, I, I'm telling you, I got everybody by beard and by age. I promise. But uh, but uh, no, nah, Benny. I mean, you, I mean, you go back to what we were talking about earlier. I didn't come into this whole. I mean, yeah. you know, I got to Maryland, and I just grew up duck hunting, and. Didn't get to that year that I was in basic training was the first year that I didn't duck hunt yeah. since I was 10 years old. And I was dying for it. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. And that, I, that's a guide. You I know, mean, and that's You just can't live without it. Yep. Right. And, you know, and I didn't go into it wanting to be a guide or any of that. Nope. You know, I was telling Travis, dude, if you want somebody to come out and break just ice and throw decoys. How can I get in the I'll woods? I'll go. Like, know? I don't care. Yeah. Like, whatever it is. And yeah. now here four years later, yeah. you know. And the thing about guiding is that. Uh, you're dealing with some of the most challenging hunters oh God, that yes. exist <laughs> when you're a guy. <laughs> uh-huh. Tell us about that, Benny. Uh-huh. So Benny, Benny's over there hooting and he's like, oh, yeah, but it's like, and I, I don't say that with any degree of disrespect. Look, no. No, if no, you no. want to be really good at something, you do it a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. You eat, sleep, and drink it. doesn't yep. matter. You want to be a millionaire? Like you want to be a billionaire? That's what you do, bud. Like and you that's work. It. You you work. Yeah. And if, like, if, like if I, I use that for Michael Jordan. You know, you look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's a phenomenal basketball player. Everything else in his life was for a shit. Yep. But Michael Jordan, <laughs> basketball was amazing, and that's all he focused on. You do you do it, and you do it a lot, and that's the only way yeah. to be uh, to to be uh, masterful yeah. at at something. And my my point to guiding, you know, when it comes to, you know, kids or, you know, anybody that's trying to be really good at is like you hit a certain level where you start to have that success, but then you get into guiding and it's like the the equation has become exponentially more complicated because you're dealing with someone who hunts considerably less frequently than you. You do it all the time. Shooting shooting that that 20-yard crosser or that bird that's coming straight on that we were just talking about earlier, you shoot that shot. All the time. Don't even think twice. Right. Look at it. Put the gun up. Pull the trigger. Yep. And and the bird falls. But you're dealing with somebody that may hunt three times a year. They love it. They absolutely love it. They yep. want to be there. That's why they're there with you. But it's your responsibility to facilitate opportunity for them. Yeah. And you know they and can the they can croak on the opportunity. But yeah. it there there just are so many variations and limitations that that people that are that are coming that a lot of folks that are that are coming to an outfit. Have and it's your job to figure that out, and you will become exponentially better as a result 
of of working with those folks, and uh, that's a privilege. You know, it, it absolutely. I don't say this with condescension. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. Hundred percent. Yeah. There are certainly a, a lot of challenging clients and whatnot that make you want to wrap your head around. You know, a beam, but <laughs> a lot of huffing and puffing that you know you hear from uh, from the guides this past year with you know ramrod waterfowl, but then there's the few times where gentleman shoots his trophy canvas back and just the look on Benny's mm. face or on Wiener's face or on Little Doyle's face or a trophy pintail, and yep. they immediately say that made the whole season right yep. there yeah. and i'll you gotta suffer. turn around and eat it again for yeah. another in, in a you know yeah. in a million times yeah. absolutely over mm-hmm. and over again yeah i like guiding is guiding is just uh so enhancing if you if you use it in the right ways yeah. i i think there's a lot of reciprocity to it yeah but so that was the pro staff question that went on for thirty minutes. That's all right. That's <laughs> right. Um, but so yeah, don't don't do anything with the goal of being pro staff. I would say just uh, dedicate yourself to it and and truly be good at it. You know, I, I'm going to say this, and this is going to burn some people up. There's a lot of disingenuous stuff on social media in terms of people that are achieving things that the guides are achieving for them. They never tell you that they're with a guide. Uh, but yet they're running around with guides on a regular yep. basis. There's a lot of people that are taking pictures with other people's stuff. There's a lot of people that oh, yeah. are reposting the same animal four and five times. Yep. Let me tell you what, like I, 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 I'm a spade a spade, shoot straight from the hip kind of guy. Dude, if, if, exactly. if you're the kind of person that needs to post an animal that you killed, you know, three or four different times from different angles, changing your hats, or uh, you shouldn't be worried about pro staff. You should be worried about spending more time. Uh, you're, you're getting a visit from the Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's, a good, that's a great puppy. He's good to go with me. But, yeah, your goal shouldn't be pro staff. Just really become capable and competent. And I, I do think that there's been a general loss of humility as well with um, with social media. And we all need to have confidence, but there's just some stuff out there that is just so damn cringeworthy. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's what, and it's not the kill. Like, dude, if you have a bad morning of hunting, it's still better than you know doing whatever else you were going to do, laying in bed. Of the other shit post that a I picture. Putting. Post a picture of the sunrise you saw this morning. Uh, I mean, dude. like, come on. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I just I don't get it. Well, that's the appreciation, right? Again, I'll go back to we're not cut from the same cloth, right? And why I say that is. I can sit in a tree stand, and, and I got I get this question a lot. Well, you know, how can you just sit in a tree stand and just sit? Like, how can't you? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not there to kill anything. Yep. I'm there to enjoy the sunrise. I'm there to enjoy my surroundings, the outdoors. Drink a cup the, of coffee, listen to the birds wake almighty, up and the yeah. woods come alive. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm there to, you know, have my heart start thumping when that, you know, half a pound squirrel that sounds like a freaking 180 you know, <laughs> deer coming through the woods. I'm there, you know, and, and uh, you know, likewise with turkeys and, and, and whatever you are after, yep. that's my world, you yep. know, and it has nothing aside from, I, you know, people think, you know, like you kind of mentioned, aside from going out there and shooting something, I could give two craps. I'm in the blind, you know, with Travis. Dude, look, you can go in the blind with Travis and not find that, you are, you know, that the dude should have been in the WWE. I've said that a million times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wait, if what? You, if you're in that blind and you can't find that, that, you know, that, that, that instance where it's just like, man, I'm good with people. I'm, I'm with good people, right? Yep. 
Um, I he, always felt like Travis is all like he could he could definitely go WWE, not so much like midget wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's not oh, quite brother like man's gonna break out the brother ball. He's, <laughs> he's not like at the midget wrestling. I don't know W somewhere in between. No, but he, what he's I think the, I feel like the, Travis what do you call him? What, what, you're paying uh, they, for I, when I was in the uh, little bit of a you know wrestling class for a little bit. Yeah, there, um, <laughs> you were the manager. They said you 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 like well they had me help with all of everybody's promos and stuff because right, they were yeah. like you're oh hell awesome yeah this. yeah right and then you know they were like but moving forward manager or referee huh all right huh? yeah both huh? play and a good role like, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but could you see him as a man dude i mean i could see i just feel like if you go hunt with travis which everyone that's listening to this in northern virginia <laughs> if you like to duck hunt or goose hunt or shoot fish yeah. which a lot of people do now uh it's very very cool and travis is phenomenally skilled at it um <laughs> I've I've had Travis ask me questions like, "Do you think I should say this in a seminar?" And I'm and I've been like, "Ah, not yeah, sure." Not like so much. Yeah, I don't because it's like he knows he's so nuanced in his yeah. knowledge of tides and oh and, yeah. and all this. I mean, I just appreciate people that are are that detail oriented and are really like that dedicated to 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 the student aspect of your craft, right? So, anyhow, anybody out there that's listening to this should definitely go duck hunt with Travis or goose hunt or shoot or shoot fish. He's really good at that. Well, uh, but it, he it also, it's time. like your personal stand-up comedy. Yes. It's like yes. eight hours yes. of instead of having to drive to D.C. to go to, like, the improv Hell or no. go to one of these local breweries yep. and sit there with, like, 50 <laughs> other people. Yep. Travis is just, like, right there in your face yep. saying the most ridiculous <laughs> stuff. <laughs> It's and definitely and intimate. Like, and oh yeah. So whatever you pay to be to be with Travis, like you're gonna be entertained. You'll oh have God, opportunity yes. at whatever yes. you're there for, but you Travis is gonna make you laugh your laugh your ass off. No on. question about it. So we we've had some good times. <laughs> Thank you very much. We, we, golly, Saskatchewan. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's Oh, you better you. shoot your <laughs> before you find your grit, boy. Oh, yeah. oh, you better God. check it. <laughs> you better check it. <laughs> hey, Travis. Yeah. You ever shot 500 geese in a season, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. How fast can you get to the road to 500? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. All right. What else do we have on the list of All questions? Right. So. Um, to, be, to keep ourselves on some type of... <laughs> We're not on any type yeah. of... <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, the other question I got, well, I, I had a total of four. Okay. Two of which four. I can talk about. Okay. The other two we won't talk about. Okay. But um, the next one was, obviously, you're a hell of a turkey hunter. Okay. All right. If you, you had say one so. call. Yeah. What you going with? A uh, mouth call. Really? 100%. Why? There's nothing that can duplicate... The tonal aspects. Well, I disagree. The, of the throat. I, I disagree. Okay. I disagree. Have you met Mr. Salter? I mean, Eddie oh. Salter Eddie Salter runs a mouth call, like, I feel like probably 75 or 80% of the he time. Does. Based on the stuff that I've seen, which was a lot of Eddie Salter as a kid growing up. All right. But I would, so I personally, I mean, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy all, um, I enjoy turkey calls in general. I enjoy... The culture and the history. Mike just ate a cookie, and it is, I'm not sure what just happened, but it was a really good experience. Very euphoric experience I for have Mike. no idea. <laughs> <Is that a laughs> <laughs> I 
There's what, none what left. What is that? Okay. So is that like an okie dokie or no? No, no, no. <laughs> These are carrot cakes. Okay. And the inside. Mike looked like he just got laid for the first time. <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea. These things are delicious, but um, um, so we found these, and um, I, I I found a guy in Kansas, and he's like, "Man, you're you're all you know." I was like down in the dumps because they didn't have like you know the Star Crunch. Okay. And, and so he bought me these, and I was like, "These are the greatest things on the planet next to a Star Crunch." Got it. And so I just ate the last one. I reached over there's like. It's gonna have. There was two. In well, there. if the look on your God, I can't imagine being with this guy when he like when he shot his first pintail, <laughs> or what it's like when he shoots his like hundred his hundred turkey. Because if that rea- if you've had hundreds of those things and right. that was your reaction every time, every time you're a worthwhile guy, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I try to be. I got to pee real fast. I'll be right back. All right, cool. <laughs> All, right, All right, we're back. Yeah, your your old man bladder is you know, is causing problems. <laughs> It's all this good it. bourbon Mikey's been feeding us. Hey, you know, true. we broke out some more too. We got Bardstown, and we got these boys. Keep, these boys will keep you hydrated. And really good, good Bardstown. High quality H two O. My water sucks. It's clean. <laughs> it's cold. Mama said it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Can't even see no. All right. No mercy. What else we got? <laughs> what are we? Where right. are we going? So. We talked a little bit um, on break, and, you know, we, we kind of talked uh, briefly. So I'm going to ask the question I wasn't going to ask you. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, the idea is not to piss off anybody. It's to get your opinion on it, yep. you know, as somebody who is an outdoorsman um, and somebody who spends a considerable amount of time paying attention to conservation, which we should all do. Um, but in your opinion, um, you know, where where do you see – um, well, how do we put it? Social media? Yeah. Taking hunting? Yeah. The I don't want to name anybody, right? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So, I, 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 the question was a very specific group of people, but, right. how, you know, with, with the, the, with social media platforms and, and all of those, you know, major hunting, you know, entities that are involved with social media. Yep. And, and you kind of hit a little bit on it with the same pictures and the same stuff, but I'm going to ask you directly. What's your opinion on this, and and where do you see it going? Yeah, so I think that we – so I was given a little bit of context to this question before it was just pitched uh, on the back end of this bathroom break. But um, I think the best way for me to frame my answer about that question is to just kind of look at things objectively. So we have uh, folks who are filming on public land um, to make their living. They run all over the country – and they, they film experiences. You've got deer hunters doing it, elk hunters doing it. I don't know about moose. It's not really my thing. But uh, in terms I, of – Honestly, I don't think I've seen that. In terms of the continental United There's States. There's a market for it. Yeah. <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> we just inspired somebody. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Another YouTube channel coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know, eh? Uh, <laughs> the hunting quest, public moose hunts. <laughs> Don't you know, eh? <laughs> so, uh, so I, I guess when we we're talking about whitetail deer and elk, uh, mule deer and turkeys, um, turkeys especially. Um, here's my opinion on social media and YouTube and people that are filming hunts on public land. 
So uh, I think that what we are starting to see when it comes to turkeys is the uh, demand uh, for turkeys exceeds the supply. And uh, poult production, by and large, across the United States is exponentially lower than it has been in the last two decades. Um, You know, there are some places in the United States where there were robust flocks 40 years ago. Uh, But by and large, you've seen considerable decline around the United States uh, in the last 10 years. And there's some there's some folks out there that will say that that's localized. But I I hunt public and I knock on doors on private. And I can tell you that the majority of places where I talk to people, they'll say, son, you should have been here five years ago. Should have been here 10 years ago. Should have been here 15 years ago. So my response, my my (laughs) response to anyone that says that that's not the case is that you're probably a person making money off of YouTube and need that as your source of income and uh, have that as a bias because um, there's just not, I mean, I was in Alabama with my kid last weekend shooting turkeys and man, you should have seen it 10 or 15 years ago. You can, you can pick a state, throw a dart. And uh, if it's in the Southeast part of the United States, the central part of the United States, um, it's going to come to some other parts of the United States sooner than later. But if, if you film a hunt, and you expose 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, or 100,000 people to that hunt, you have captured audio, you have captured uh, visual, you give people the ability to watch your content and screen that content in terms of where the most premier places are. And if you're a consumer of that content, the logical conclusion is not, man, I want to go to where it took that guy six days to hear a turkey and shoot one. The logical conclusion for the consumer is to say, man, them guys just went to that state and shot nine turkeys in two and a half days. And I heard some crazy goblin and uh, I want to go there. Yep. So if 40,000 people... Let's let's just say that the average YouTube video when it comes to turkeys in terms of the primary content producers on YouTube. Uh, and I think 40,000 is a is a is a very realistic number. It's an honest number. There's some of those videos that I have 100 and 100,000. I, I think it's a low ball. Okay. Yeah. So I, we'll, I'm just, we'll I'm, just yeah. I'm trying to be reasonable here, but there are some that have over 100,000. There, there are some that, is, but I, let's just take an average and yeah. say that 40,000 people view the content that's being generated by the primary turkey hunting producers out there. Let's say 5% of 40 or 50,000 people adjudicate that information and they say, I'm going there. And they do. People are more mobile than ever. They're more willing to go than ever because they're more well-armed with information. Back yep. in the day, they didn't go because they didn't have Onyx and they didn't know how to read maps. Well, and they also and didn't have work remote jobs. Right, and we, they, didn't have, they didn't have the information about those animals that we've obtained through telemetry studies and that we've obtained through science. Yep. Uh, and so they adjudicate what they see and they say, you know what, that place looked insane. And then 5 or 10% of the 40 or 50,000 decide to go. And then half of that are, are successful. successful. So now what we have is a stati- significant statistical change in terms of the harvest, in terms of the disruption in those areas, um, and areas that had a lot of carryover on turkeys because there weren't uh, excessive numbers of turkeys being harvested or seeing considerable increases you know, we're setting records in a lot of states now uh, for turkey harvest 
and populations are not increasing in a lot yeah. of those states. Like yeah. they're stable and declining. Yeah, I can list a litany of them that are have been declining rapidly where uh, records are still being set yep. with harvests. And so now what you're starting to see is draws are being implemented in these states. And there's Which somebody is, listening in, in my eyes. Great conservation effort. Yeah. Great conservation. Um, well, that was going to be my question. So if the states are transitioning to where, you know, a, a preference system or a draw to get that tag as an out-of-state resident, you're still going to have those people applying for that tag. Right. So that added revenue. exposure to it, that added revenue, what is that I, doing I, hold for on, hold the on. conservation? Well, well, here's the thing. You have to take into account one aspect that many, many, many people don't look at. Resident versus non-resident. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's the that's the call, as it, I guess as I would put it, um, with a lot of these states that, Im, you know, they don't have preference points. They look at it and say, well, you know, we're going to do an overcounted tag, but when the tags are gone, they're gone. Right. right? So, but I, I think the culling that, that actually happens when you have non-resident versus residents, and then, you, then you're looking at the, press po- the preference point systems, right? for out-of-state residents to try and pull the tag. And and now some people, some states are going to preference points for residence tags, mm-hmm. right? Which, in my opinion, is absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I get why they do it. I understand that part. But in my opinion, I think if you live in that state, it is your right to be able to hunt and, and, and pull whatever tag it is for, you know, I guess preferential treatment because you are a resident of that state. Yeah. I, I 100% agree uh, that the residents should take priority over non-residents. Um, but, you know, to kind of get back to the crux yeah, of your question, sorry. my no, not at all. Uh, I just wanted to give some context to my response because of the way that I feel. And there's people that are going to listen to this that are going to disagree with me. That's fine. But We like if disagreement. You've, if, you've been there <laughs> if you've been there and done it, then that's fine. But if you haven't, then... I, yeah. <laughs> those in glass houses, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and if, you know, you have to go to those places and hear those people say, like, man, you should have seen it 10 years ago. Man, oh you yeah. should have seen it five. And I have places that I was going to 15 years ago that are not, that are nothing like they are now. And the never same way. And never will be. And you've been traveling, you know, longer than I have, yeah. Mike. So uh, unless you've been doing this thing for a long time and you've kind of seen the, the precipitous declines in some of these yes. places that were strongholds, then I, I don't really think you have much of a leg to stand on. And if you if you if you if you have been doing it, that's that's fine as well. That's an interesting conversation. But my my point to, to social media and and turkey hunting specifically is, uh, I personally think that the that the tag allocation to non or to non residents in most states is too high. I don't feel entitled to shoot more than one turkey anywhere that I go. Um, and I, I don't think that anybody else, knowing the situations around the country, uh, should be going to other states uh, for the most part and shooting more than one turkey. Um, 100% but I agree. think that the amount of attention and uh, the pressure that public land is getting around the United States now, the supply and the demand issue that we face with the declining pulp production and the increased harvest numbers, the lack of carryover makes these states exponentially more vulnerable to good hatches every year. So if you're killing that many gobblers, you are depending on a good hatch to continue to replace those gobblers yep. every single year. And what we're seeing is is we're seeing difficult weather. Uh, we're seeing sure. an increased predation, nest predation. 
uh, and predation on poults. You know, you've got a lot of things that are eating turkey eggs. Absolutely. You've got a lot of aerial predators now that yep. didn't exist 10 or 15. You never used to see eagles 20 years ago. Right. See them all the time now. Hawks 20 years ago, you didn't see them very Coyote often. Coyote population. See them all the time now. Coyotes. Yep. And so you have all of this is a very multifaceted issue, yep. multidimensional issue. But uh, we are, uh, in a lot of places, they're more forced to depend on a good hatch every year. Yeah. When they don't get that good hatch, man, Things are really, really rough God next year. for a drought. And it really <laughs> illustrates how fragile the resource is. And so my, my, my problem, and it is a problem, I think, <laughs> in my opinion at least, with the social media thing is that uh, it brings a lot of additional hunting pressure to a resource that uh, was pretty stable but now is, is declining. Very fragile. Uh, and it's just changing the paradigm uh, in terms of public hunting as we know it. And it's certainly creating losses of opportunity for residents in those states and uh, the amount of pressure, the amount of people that are traveling now to do oh it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I take pictures of where I go. Don't get me wrong, but I don't say where I'm at. I, for a reason, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't say where you I'm at. You know that. Uh, I, I want to protect those places. I don't yeah. say how many I heard, how many I saw, how phenomenal it was. Um I, I just try to do, I mean, I'm, I, I love the outdoors and, uh, I, I'm proud of my accomplishments. I'm proud of, you know, the, the people that, that I are close to me. I'm very, very proud of their accomplishments as well, uh, as they achieve them. But I, I just don't feel the need to, to put an additional pressure on these resources. I don't really understand why these guys name where they're at, especially when they're in these strongholds. Um, yeah. Because the masses descend on the strongholds, and then the strongholds never the same again. Yeah. We can talk Kansas. You're in Kansas. We yep. can. T- I mean, I, we can. We can beat this thing till we're till yep. the horse is dead. Um, but uh, my opinion is is that uh, as YouTube and social media has um, has really focused heavily on public land, uh, that public land hunting around the United States faces a lot of challenges going forward. And uh, as popular as these folks are, and uh, the fanboys are. Um, <laughs> these these people Ooh. are these these people are about to reap the consequences of the yeah. sows that they see because they're about to experience loss of opportunity yep. as well. So, hundred um, percent. Well care- said. Be careful what you wish for. Well said. Um, I was, uh, and again, I was I was a little apprehensive to ask you the question. Um, I, I think that that was probably the, the well, hands down, most well well spoken answer without you know any. Yeah, I'm not trying to flame anybody. No. No, 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 and and I don't think you are. So you know, I think you did a it was a phenomenal job. But you know, Travis, this goes into the same aspect of the hip survey. You know, uh, you know, you look at who answers your hip surveys, right, for duck hunting, mm-hmm. um, and, and how do you know that that's truly a good count? Same way, right? Um, you know, Travis, dep- you know, this is this is dependent this on is livelihood. This is livelihood. Yeah. So for him to be able to, you know, to to make money, bring people into the blinds, man, you know. That hip survey would be one of those things that I would be mentioning in in the blind every single day. Hey, you all bought your tags. When you get your hip survey, you need to answer it, and you need to answer it, you know, ethically. Yep. Uh, and if you broke the law, dude, go answer the questions because it's beyond that. It's yeah. it's you know this is population harvest, right? And and I you know him and I have had this conversation extensively about sure. you know who who really answers hip surveys. You know, who really does that, right? And and not only that, but I hunt multiple states. So if I get the same hip survey and I answer it, hey, I answered, you know, I hunted Missouri, I hunted in Kansas, I hunted in, you know, Virginia, I hunted in Maryland. Yep. And, and I say, hey, in Maryland, I killed, you know, 12 ducks, you know, and I did this. Or, or I give my whole list over and over again for every state. 
how does that get counted? You right. Know? Interesting. I really thought about that. Yeah. yeah What's your I opinion, Trav? I think having the uh, proper mentor, you know, you look at the new generation and maybe some of them have their grandfather teach them or their father or their uncle, whoever, or a good buddy. Um, and then some just kind of use this platform of YouTube and social media, the Mondo Piles. Right, yeah. and, <laughs> and, like, we run into to this with clients with the Virginia Outfitter. They're like, I want big piles. You're in the wrong state. Yeah. <laughs> you're well, in the wrong state. You're right? in the wrong state, and you're hunting with the wrong people. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah, you know, and so what kind of Kyle was mentioning, it reminded me a lot of, like, when me and my dad would try to, Old sport. Uh, old sport, you know, with our turkey hunting property out in Southern Maryland, which we actually don't have anymore. You right. Know? We would manage that to a point where there were no shooting at Jake's, no shooting at two-year-old satellite toms. If there's a five-, six-, seven-year-old bird in a part of the pro- property, getting him out of there, so now the three-year-olds and the two-year-olds are coming Jake's going to make just, it. You know, sitting around, right? And that has a lot to do with how many of these people that are going to these meccas or these hubs, and are they going to just think ethically about it, or are they just going to try to kill, 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 right? right? And that's where you want to – hunting is about the hunt and the harvest, not kill, 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 right? So that it feels good to pull the trigger. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Yeah. I'm right there with you, for sure. I I mean, I I guess I don't – I don't really understand the, you know, the need to keep, keep some of these guys have to keep stacking bodies in places where you can stack them and how you can how you can justify that. Yep. Uh, you know, as as someone who knows a lot about turkeys and um but yeah, you know, there's some differences of opinion. I I certainly have mine and I try to uh I try to be consistent with with my beliefs. I I've shot a couple turkeys. I've shot multiple turkeys in a couple states. Um two Maybe three, but uh, I shoot even in states where I've had you know multiple tags in my pocket and you can kill multiples in a day. I've shot one and had two or three yeah. standing next to it and yeah. just let those turkeys go on and do their own thing. And I think that I think honestly we're we're all probably better off if if more people think like that. Think about the next hunter coming in. Think about the hatch. Think about you know hey that gobbler is going to be here for next year. Statistically, you know turkey has a, a mature long beard um, hunting is the highest form of predation on yeah. mature gobblers. You know, they're not vul- vulnerable like hens are sitting on the ground for 26 days <laughs> on the nest. There you um, go. Yeah. So it's just, it's yeah. statistically, a turkey, uh, a mature gobbler, has a very high likelihood of seeing the next year if he's not killed yeah. by a hunter. Yep. So uh, I think that, you know, if we're kind of forward thinking and if we're really going to preach conservation and restraint, um, that we should just all kind of maybe think about that a little differently instead of yeah. being able to brag Oh yeah, you know, shot seven this season or ten this season or yeah, no. what it, whatever, whatever these guys are killing. You know, it it becomes a content thing, and I guess that's kind of where, um, if you're dependent on content and kills to to make money, yeah, uh, and not a good way to go. You know, you could use how you hunt turkeys, yeah. Mikey. I've heard you say it time and time again. You would rather go out with somebody and call their bird in. Yep. Then go out yourself. I could care less if I pull you know? the trigger. I, I yeah. mean, I, and I, I get that. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I hunt turkeys to kill turkeys. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting up in the morning when I get up to kill them. Yeah, that's the game. That's yeah. that's the way it is. Um, but it, um, just 
you know, you have to kill turkeys. You have to hunt turkeys to become proficient at it, to be to be good at it, to see them on a regular basis. Um, but there, as, as think as we mature, we should we should really come into that that mindset where you've you've gotten a lot of a success under your belt, and you just kind of start thinking about the next what generation. the future looks like. And um, you know, there's a lot of challenges for turkeys going forward. You yep. know, fortunately, you know, for us uh, in this part of and and it's this is the other hard thing to say is there's a lot of people who haven't traveled. There's <laughs> a lot of people who haven't ever really hunted multiple parts of this state or the state that they live in. Sure. And so, like, to tell someone right now where we're doing this podcast right now uh, that about, you know, that we should be talking about restraint when, when they're seeing a lot of turkeys on a regular basis. And there's no public land up, you know, in this particular area in northern Virginia that we're Oop. at. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about, you know, YouTube descending here. Um <laughs> But to tell someone here that turkeys are in trouble, they'll look at you and be like, are you high? Yeah. But when you start talking about, you know, harvest stats in different parts of the state yep. and the majority of the state, yep. it's like you try to have these conversations with people and they just haven't traveled very much. They, they've hunted in their own immediate locale. Yep. And the, the big picture isn't there. Yeah. It's a it's a micro level conversation. Yeah. It's 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 not macro for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one of the, the cool things about traveling is you start to see different management strategies. Different states have certain, you know, this state literally may have a one bird bag limit for yep. residents and non-residents. This state may have uh, be very liberal with their for their residents and very conservative for non-residents. The for tag sure. may be a draw. It may be an ultra expensive tag to get as a non-resident. And so they have a, you know, they have a good, they have a good opportunity there. They preserve opportunity for residents and the for opportunity sure. when you go there as a non-resident is good. Um, but then you have states that are really liberal and reckless and, you know, they're letting sh guys shoot three turkeys, you know, non-residents shoot three turkeys or four turkeys. Um, and uh, you, the contrast in the quality of the hunting is is night and day huge yeah huge. people want to fight you over <laughs> over this conversation when you when you say yeah. stuff like this and it's like i'll tell you what man like just go ahead go hit the road yep. and go you know go hunt states that have different limits yep. and different policies and limitations in terms of the number of people that can go there right and then tell me where the better hunting was right so if if you want to make a if you want to make a compelling case for for liberal bag limits, liberal season lengths, and liberal non numbers of hunters, right? Um, good good luck. Yeah. Well, and and you know, I you and I talked about this. I I grew up as a you know as a subsistence hunter. Yeah, y'all boys are hungry down there, yeah, bud. We are freaking hungry, <laughs> and you know, and people don't realize it, that still exists. Yeah, there are still oh, yeah. people who hunt. Because they, whether it's their circumstance, situation, whatever, or, or that's how they choose to live, yep. right? So you're taking that away from these individuals as well. That's a that, that's not a lifestyle. That's not a choice. That's like, This is subsistence. I mean, this is how this person lives. The road. Right? Day the, to day. The road has shown me poverty. God, that, yes. That was inconceivable. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. we're all kind of, we're all really fortunate, you know. God, where, yes. Where we live and what we have. Um, but. The degree of poverty, and they don't put this kind of poverty like on the news. No. Um, that I've done some it, of the stuff that I've seen well. in the hills and the hollers of like rural Appalachia, where yeah. you're scared to be there. Yep. But oh it's yeah. it's very very poor. Oh yeah. And everything about you says you don't belong. Right. 
and it's um, and there's nothing you can do you will ever fit in. I mean, they made a movie uh-uh. called The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Deliverance. No, uh, no, no. no. <laughs> Same state, though. Same state. Yeah, see, yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah. Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Yeah. That that show. I mean, I have a friend from McDowell County, dude. That's, yeah. I wouldn't say that too loud. <laughs> He's a great friend of mine. Um, yeah, Chris Chris Walls, a phenomenal tar- turkey caller too. Yeah, uh, incredibly talented guy. Yeah, he's from down there. But yeah, you know, you, you'll never. S- I've never seen poverty like some of the, yeah. the some of the Indian reservations as well. Um, just <laughs> yeah, Let's sobering. And I, I use I, I don't use, no pun intended. Yeah, um, really. Just some sobering poverty out there, and um, not to kind of redirect the conversation, uh, but you know, the road really has um, highlighted a lot of that, and. Uh, Certainly made me um, very empathetic uh, and very aware of the differences uh, in lifestyles and yep. cultures. Um, For sure. And like, you know, it, most people, you know, if you live in Northern Virginia, you have to be relatively affluent to live here. Yeah. Uh, you can't be, you, I mean, they've made it that way. Yeah. Right? Low yeah, cost, yeah, low, low, ab- cost, low affordable, affordable housing doesn't exist here. You get, you, they get in, you get in that bubble and then you go to other places and you're just kind of reminded, you know, how, how you kind of think to yourself every once in a while, I'll be on the road and I'll think to myself, what would my life have been like if I was born in this place? Yep. And uh, that's a pretty, it's a really sobering thing. Um, that's you know, how you know you've been on the road for like 12 and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, and you probably need a pee break. 12 you're sitting and a half like hours. Geez, yeah, 12, <laughs> like 20 uh, or seven <laughs> days no, without I, a shower. I get there like, at, I don't know, I drive, I, I drive everywhere. Yep. I, I, don't, I don't like flying. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it, but, you know, for hunting and fishing and all that stuff. Yeah, you want I, your stuff. I want my stuff, yeah, right? I get it, Mike. And and the other side of that is when I'm when I'm driving, it's like, it's just me, yep. right? And, and it's, you know, you got to start thinking about <laughs> that stuff. And for me, it's like the 12-hour mark, you know, yep. and you start getting those, uh, you know, those epiphanies. You know, you're like, hey, you know, I was sitting here thinking, Bojangles Chicken <laughs> Always bow time. I get a bow bear biscuit. <laughs> I want ten. I get a Charleston on that thing. I want ten bow bear biscuits. Right. And, and you sit there and you look at, but I mean that that's where it comes from, and and yeah. you know it's another product of the cloth that we're cut from. Yep. You know, it's just you know I, I'm I'm good with you know being alone with myself. Yeah, and, me too. And that helps me kind of get through, you know, whatever I'm dealing with, right? You know, and and. Yeah, you know, from from that perspective, it, it well, it provides perspective to me. Absolutely. Right? And you're driving by in West Virginia, and you get lost, and you're like, I should not be here. Yeah. And no offense to West Virginia, but there's places there I should not be. I had a guy, I had a guy uh, that I was down in Appalachia last year, and um, he uh, he came up to me and he said, "Son, he said I'm just going to be really honest with you. He said you got a lot a lot of really nice things right here. Yep. And I was camping. I'd put a I had a blaze orange tent." I pulled off. There's one way in and one way out of uh, of this holler, and um, he said you got a lot of nice stuff. And he said uh, he said last year some of those guys that are on meth pushed my car uh, down the driveway into the highway there and tried to drag it away. Uh, he, they broke into my garage. He said um, you could come back tomorrow morning. And there would not be there may not be a catalytic converter on your truck. <laughs> And yes, uh, no joke. I mean, I, I laugh, he, but he, no he joke. said, he said, man, he said, if those guys are, he didn't use the word tweaking. I can't remember what he said, but he said, if those guys are high and you're asleep, he said, it ain't nothing for them to pick up your tent. And I, I said to him, I was like, mister, I really appreciate you coming up here and telling me this. And yeah. I was like, I, 
I can't afford to replace all these things yeah, all at once. So I was yeah. like, I, I appreciate it, and I'm going to take your word of advice yeah. and get out of here. And you think differently, right? You do. Yeah. Yeah, you really, you yeah. really do. So, so um, anyway, uh, I like the profound aspect of this, and we're getting kind of close on time, aren't we, Benny? So I'm going to leave it with one more question, and, and I want to ask you this much. I'm going to put it put you on the spot. All right. All right. So what I wanted to do is talk to you about, you know, be able to talk to you a little bit about calling, a little bit about that. But honestly, this conversation has been rolling so well, I don't think that we're going to get to it. Yeah, probably not. We can do it again. But, dude, I want you to come back. If you bring the bourbon, I'll. <laughs> if you bring the bourbon, I'll bring the bullshit. So. I got you. I got you, my brother. I got you. Um, and so, I, you know, obviously, I'd love to have you back. I, yeah. I, I know you've got a crazy schedule, but, geez, man, it, it'd be cool to have you on here more right. often. So, um, So there's that. But my last question we got to ask, and, I, and I'm going to make sure we cover it, is, all right, and one call. One call. One call for turkeys. Yep. What's it going to be? Um, and who's the maker? So <laughs> I have a buddy uh, from Alabama uh, that is a, one of the best callers in the country, and he presses my mouth calls for me. Um, you going to tell me who he is? <laughs> Yeah, his his name is Jared Lowe. Oh, uh, okay, all right, all right. So, uh, Jared presses mouth calls, but he for me, uh, and he but he just had a baby, and those mouth calls haven't made their way to my address yet, Jared. <laughs> it's turkey season. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> and um, Scott Hook, uh, who just passed away in the last two weeks, uh, was a a very good friend of yeah. mine, and I um, I'll miss him. Um, forever, and I am uh, exceptionally grateful to Scott because he spent a lot of time teaching me how to run a mouth call um, with some degree of proficiency. I'll never <laughs> forget when he when he said to me, he said, "Boy, you ain't got no." Fr-. He said something like, "Kyle, you don't have any front end on that call." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess that was like eight, eight or eight or nine years ago, probably. <laughs> and um, so he spent a lot of time with me teaching teaching how to hiss like a cat and get that front end that on that yelp um, there you so go. it didn't sound like a Jake yelp. And uh, so I ran a hooks to read. Uh, it's called the Game Changer 2. But I was down in Nashville like you were, Mikey, and um, my uh, houndstooth game calls um, makes a phenomenal call. They do? They make a – the Dixie Hen is a phenomenal box call that my what, little boy what, runs. What state are they from? Alabama. And why are they houndstooth? <laughs> Benny, tell me. Come on. Roll <laughs> tide, brother. Yeah, so Hounds, Houndstooth, um, Houndstooth makes a great call. My little boy runs a box call called their Dixie Hen. And um, Carrie Wicks is one of the best um, still frame photographers for wild turkeys in the game. The best. For uh, sure. Hands down. Um, actually, not one of. Um, and he has a call with uh, Houndstooth. It's called the um, – it's the it's the KB um, – the KB Hen, I think, is what it is. So anyhow, I grabbed one in Nashville while I was down there messing around. I was down talking to some of the guys at the booth there. Um, and uh, so I popped this thing in, and it's a three-read bat wing, and it just screams. And uh, I ran it I ran it last weekend, and it screams. So uh, if you give me a Jared call or a KB Hen or a Scott Hook uh, game changer, too, I really like a two-read because my style is get pretty close to them. Um, I really like to be very close to turkeys, and so I like a turkey call that can run on very light air and be very quiet. I want sure. my tree, my tree helps to be super quiet. I want my 
my bubble clocks to be to be um, clear but super muted as well. Um, and I, it's just not very often that I'm calling to a turkey at 300 yards. Um, like I'm, I'm like, let's cut that distance <laughs> you know, or, 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 or cut that by like, Hey, here's your fan. <laughs> no. uh, uh, Mikey had to go there. Oh. Let me go shoot that. No, I'm not, I'm not stop. I'm going to stop. So anyhow, yeah, I like a call that runs on real light air. I like to roost turkeys and get real close to them. And so Ooh. I don't want that. Uh, you know, three and four reads for the most part. That KB Hen um, just runs phenomenally, but I, I like those lighter reads, less reads, um, so that I can just be real quiet and get, get that sound quality out of it, and don't, I don't have to run. I think it's harder to regulate higher volumes of air. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure, 100%. And, and so when you're out of breath after chasing that damn thing, you're like... <gasps> Or you're excited, you know, you're breathing hard, you're looking yeah. at him on the tree at 60 yards, you've been watching him sit there and spit and drum and, yeah. and the more, you know, on the limb and stuff. And so I, I like to be able to run on very minimal air. I'd normally start my, start my stuff on the exhale where my lungs aren't full because it's, I, I find it even harder to control when you got full lungs. So I'll For let sure. my breath out and, buk, buk, yep. you know, but yeah, so that's, uh, Jared, put the calls in the mail. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, that's I'm a I'm an air guy. I like pot calls, and I carry a box call because um, I, every once in a while, box call make a turkey gobble that pot call wouldn't, and a mouth call wouldn't, and every once in a while, a pot call will will too. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, so there's a lot of calls out there if we can spend our money on. Yeah, well, you need <laughs> to talk to Mr. Salter. <laughs> Uh, I can't call him by his first name, but you need to talk to Mr. Salter. Yeah, Mikey here knows Mr. Eddie Salter on a very, very, very personal level. Same, same hometown. Man taught me how to hunt. Taught me how. Taught me how to. You know, gave me the passion to go after turkeys. So, awesome. Uh, you know, he's he's an amazing human being, and uh, he has changed the world. And yep. uh, I will never forget that man. He is absolutely human to the core. If you ever meet him, go shake his hand. Tell him you appreciate him for what he's done for the turkey industry. But there's a turkey in there, too. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, all right, so we covered that. Uh, I think we're over time, right? All right, um, and we're going to get you back. We'll do it. All right. Um, Absolutely. And Enjoyed we can do it. that on the while you're on the road. Yeah. All right, we can, I mean, we won't have the bourbon for you, but you're welcome here anytime. I'll be on the road a lot. Yeah. So we got plenty of time. We you got boys, six for the boys. Y'all boys just let me know <laughs> when and where. And six yes. for the boys. Uh, there'll be plenty of all night Friday night drives coming up. So if you degenerates are all hanging out drinking bourbon, we can. Uh, <laughs> we are y'all definitely y'all degenerates. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I know. Fair I'm enough. that way. So, uh, so uh, no, I, I've enjoyed it, guys. I've enjoyed it a lot. And thank you to Man. anybody that uh, has suffered their way through. Uh, hour and a half or hour, two hours or whatever this yeah. is. Hopefully Something like that. We'll find out. <laughs> but, um, it's been fun. But, dude, again, appreciate you spending the time with us. It's Absolutely. Been, it has been truly an honor and a treat. Uh, you know, I'm glad you're, you know, you're going to come back. But, uh, brother man. Dude, let me tell you, this is every bit of what I was hoping for and expected out of you and Kyle. You made this happen. The banter back and forth. And, you know, I mean, even getting him on the podcast when he's out there sitting down by a tree in the bottom lane camo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice little plug there, Travis. Check in with Kyle out, you know, in the hunt, during the hunt. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. With his, how many Mr. Fox vests you got? Uh, I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got, so I got, I got a couple. I got um, 
No, I I have uh, I have one for me numbered for me, and I have one numbered for both of my sons. I have two sons, which is hellaciously awesome. It is, um, and I, it, I, I'm, I'm completely messing with you, but it was important. It was important to me to be able to give those um, give those to my legacy. give those to my boys. Uh, I actually, it's crazy. I had my my six year old Foster uh, tried tried uh, his vest on. He has yeah. vest uh, he has vest three hundred three. Out of nineteen forty four, see that's so a I, good number. I tried. I had him try his on this afternoon, and um, it's it's way too big for him at, at this point. But uh, but I'm pretty pumped that you know one day, uh, he hopefully, you know my brother has a numbered. I've got a numbered, and both of my boys will have a numbered. And um, I think I may try and finish my forty nine in a fox. Um, that's, that's I said that was going to be my question I for you. Yeah. With the numbered vests, yeah. are you going to wear them to hunt? Or are you going to wear an unnumbered to hunt? So I, I also ordered an unnumbered. Um, and I will. what I will do with mine is uh, I'll hunt it on good weather days, like really pretty, really pretty you days. You hear this, Brent. Thank you. you. hear this, Bennett. And Thank you. And then I will, uh, I'll hunt my unnumbered. I also have a Bob Dixon vest as well. Um, I hate you. <laughs> Hate you. <laughs> I, I, I was I was just really fortunate that I have a friend that was kind of divesting from turkey hunting. Uh, he's a big duck hunter. He's gonna finish his forty nine, and um, he was. We were talking, and he was like, "My vest, the Dixon, has been living in the closet for the last two or three years." Um, what? Well, uh, hey, do you look, want it? Look, dude is awesome. That that dude is a true friend. Yeah, I I appreciate you, Rube. Uh, if you listen to if you're listening to this, because um, it was he. Um, he he took considerably less uh, half of what he could have gotten for that thing for me, right. um, to make sure that it it went to me and that I he knew that I was passing to my son. And so the, here's the cool thing, and I know we got to get off this, but uh, I took the Dixon to Alabama, and um, I did not hunt the Dixon on Saturday. I hunted the Dixon on Sunday with my son, and he shot his first out-of-state turkey. Good on you. That's Sunday awesome. Afternoon. Good on you. Hell yeah. With, uh, Hell yeah. With me and a Dixon. So I'm going to hunt the Dixon uh, as well on good weather days. Um, and I've got a lot of vests and stuff. The problem with a lot of vests is, you know, you get – so the vest is a wild, well-oiled machine, just like any of your waterfowl rigs are, your deer rigs are and whatnot. But um, – I'll just probably pop a mouth call in, you know, and hunt locally on pretty weather days with with those things since they are so you know kind of heirloom quality stuff. Yeah, no but, doubt, uh, no doubt. Anyhow, so yeah, I and I'm gonna hunt the hell out of the unnumbered vest for. Thank you for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey was mad at me because I told him I was not wearing my numbered vest through mud he puddles he wasn't gonna and thickets and. I've got I've got other vests from other companies that I care less about that I'll run through briars and shred them and tear them apart and that one's gonna stay. I like I you said it's heirloom quality. I mean they're uh, opening it up. I was amazed. Okay. I mean just the quality of it, the everything about it, Neil the Daniel. presentation of the box, all of it. They're beautiful. I yeah. you've summarized it perfectly, Bennett. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hunt it hard. Hunt the numbered hard. I want it to last. I mean, it'd be. I th- they're, be- they're built like tanks. I mean, there's yes. leather all over them. Oh and yeah. And um, so I. I hope that my son's sons, you know, have an opportunity to wear them. But just a cool thing to pass on in terms of uh, commemorating Mr. Fox and just kind of the values and Hell the legacy yeah. that, that he and has. Mr. And Dixon. Yeah, and, and absolutely. 
um, that vest is, I never thought I would own one. So I'm really appreciative I didn't to either. him for him being like, Hey man, you know, uh, if, if you want it, this is what I'll take for it. And That's I was epic. like, epic. Yeah. He was like, is, is it for you? And yeah. I was like, yes, it's <laughs> yeah. it ain't going nowhere else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. But that was, I had just said to my buddy a Sunday morning, we didn't hear any turkeys gobble on some of the spots we went to. And I was like, man, I really, I really would have loved to kill one in the Dixon with him and gone, gone one for one. And then three o'clock in the afternoon, strike a hen, get a long beard fired up. My little boy shoots him at ten steps. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> it That's was, awesome. It was epic. Uh, <laughs> it it could not have been more uh, picture perfect way to christen that vest and that hunt. That's uh, awesome. So anyhow, yeah. but so yeah. So next time, you know, I'll give you a heads up with some of the questions I want. Yeah. All right. So first one I I, I want out of you is, you know, obviously we'll talk about whatever you know. You know, you're the the sea stories. I'm a Navy guy, so you see stories from from this season. But you know, I, I you know, I'd like to get your your opinion on how shotguns have evolved and you know, yeah, the, the, you know, the distance that people are taking shots on things Absolutely. like that. Um, you know, along with you know how we're you know look, let's look at you know a little bit more of the conservation effort and you know maybe you know we talked a lot about public land hunt how we're gonna you know how things are kind of dwindling but how do we get that better. Yeah, you know, let you know, give it some thought. You know, I yeah. I, I have my ideas, but yeah, you know, let let's look at it and you know, draw hunts might be the co- you know might uh, are certainly prevalent, but is that the answer? Things like that. So, yeah, you know, and and uh, it, there's a multitude of different questions. You know, you know, and and you know, try to talk to your you know your 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 pro staff folks and say, hey, look, you know, you know, if if you had one call, what would you use? Get different opinions. There, I will. You know? See where we can go with that. My my crew, my crew would would be like mouth call. Like you could take them all, <laughs> take the rest of them all, and throw them all away. All right. So, Ben, um, do you imagine being a turkey in the woods if these two are together chasing you? <laughs> He'd break out the fan. <laughs> I, I joked with my buddy about that last week, and I was like, "Hey, John, I was like, you know, I'm looking at these fans that I've got set out here. I was like, do you think a white one would work in Alabama? What about this, what about this orange real one over here? You think that one would work?" Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah! One of these days, Kyle might reap a bird. Who knows? Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, you know, snowballs <laughs> chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that I want, I really want, is be able to get you on here and be able to say, "Hey, look, you know, for those who are starting off, you yeah. know, that, that's what this podcast is focused towards. Is for people starting off, what do you need to know? You know okay, and, yeah. And how do we get there? We'll do so. that. Uh, and just for anybody that's listening to this that is looking to get into turkey hunting um, at a basic level, uh, last year I did two two-hour two seminars for Virginia DWR. If you go to YouTube and Google uh, Kyle Ott Intro to Turkey Hunting, um, I watched them both. There is awesome. <laughs> You're like one of one of ten. Uh, I liked it too. <laughs> one of ten people to watch those videos. Appreciate that, Mike. Uh, if the other nine are out here, thank you. Uh, <laughs> one, two. Yeah, so here's three, four, five upstairs. <laughs> yeah. So if, uh, that is out there, and there's um, from a technical perspective, I think those were. Pretty solid introduction yeah. seminars, basic tactics, calling, um, setup assessment, and yeah. whatnot. Um, so, love to talk about it with you guys and get together, whether it's in person or on the road. But for anybody right now that's listening to this, going, hey, why didn't this guy talk about that stuff? 
Um, I'm sorry, but uh, like I said, go to Google, go to YouTube, and Google uh, Kyle Ott Intro to Turkey Hunting, and yeah. obviously there's a lot of good content on on YouTube, phenomenal as, content as well. But you do a good job of breaking it down. I appreciate that, but yeah. I think that those um, those seminars uh, will be really helpful for anybody that's just getting started. Maybe even somebody that's a little more experienced, but definitely somebody that's just getting started. If you want to start thinking about or start to learn how to think strategically yeah. about hunting turkeys, yeah, I think that's great, in Virginia. So. All right, my friend, Uh, I'm going to leave it to the brother man here. He's the one that did the intro um, to, um, you know, Kyle and myself. And uh, I can't think of a better person to take us home. What you got for us, my brother? We're out here, and you can be too. Turkey Woods near you, coming soon, spring 2023. Here we go. Yes, sir. Take us home there, Mr. Billy. Uh, Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to The Hunting Quest. No matter how crazy, high-tech, or lazy the rest of the country gets, we will always be hunting and fishing. If that's you, you've found your new family. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. Reach out to us by email at info at thehuntingquest.com. And check us out on Instagram and YouTube at The Hunting Quest. See you next time. <laughs>